Hello, hello, and welcome to season three of the Let's Talk Hair podcast. My name is Aras. I'm your host, uh, fellow industry colorist of, I don't know, 20-something years. Um, and I'm, I gotta say, I'm so proud of myself to get to season three. When I embarked on this journey of podcasting, I was like, we'll kind of just see how it goes. And to have two complete seasons, episodes every week for over a year has been like, wow, I didn't think I could do it. And I did it and I love it. And I'm just very proud of myself. So I wanted to take a second of um, acknowledgement because we don't do that enough, I think, because there's this fear of like, I need to be humble and I'm I'm being humble, but I'm proud of myself. Um, and to, to look at the stats and have, I think we're over 40,000 downloads at this point blows my fucking mind. Um, so if this is your first time here, welcome. If this, if you're a regular Comey, welcome back. Um, I'm very excited for season three and even more excited with this first episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, you will likely see that I have a beautiful guest. Um, but if you are listening, uh, you're in for a treat. So I was fortunate enough to connect with somebody who I have looked up to in this industry for a really long time. I remember I started following her before the name change. What was the name? Am I interjecting now? Okay. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I was like, oh, I want to talk. Uh, vivid Artistic Hair Design. It was- Vivid Artistic, yes. Yeah. Yes. And she did all these wild vivids and she was kind of like the OG of independent education. I remember thinking like, oh my God, I want to be like her. And the fact that we're friends and I love her and she's on the podcast and it is such a fucking- treat to have you so with without any further ado um i have rebecca taylor on uh the podcast hey, hello i love you i love you i am so happy that you're here i'm so fucking geeked out Me too. Um, no you don't even understand like we met in person where were oh it's rice nice class but it felt like we had met before which was really weird because we instantly connected it was very strange yeah like i <laughs> she's like you're gonna be my buddy today I'm like hell yeah I'm gonna be your buddy and like I just it's wild it's wild for me I'm just gonna go off on a tangent real quick like the people that I've met just in the past three months and the connections it's it trips me it trips me out because I was talking to Sarai about it and she's like this is what soul family is like and I'm like oh I fucking love it and I'm here for it so um all right so for those of you quick, I know you're gonna before I will for I will forget it unless I say it now talking about soul family and people immediately connecting. I'm, I think we're all like me, you, sir, I, Don, all the people that are in that family have gone through and are going through this new phase of like taking care of ourselves and being actually soulful. So had we met years ago, I don't know if the connection would be this profound. And I just think we're on similar paths, right? Oh my God. I have goosebumps literally from my head to my toes. And it's wild because I did an Instagram live with Dawn yesterday. And that was the first time we actually connected. Because in Utah, we were like, I was in my shit. She, we didn't get I love her. Oh, I fucking fell Come in on. love with her. I yeah. literally fell in love with her yesterday. I've never said I love you to somebody so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so throughout that whole conversation, I kept getting goosebumps. And it's just like universe just consistently validating mm-hmm. like what you just said. Right. And you're right. I think had I met you. 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been like this. So this soulful journey um, is so beautiful because it does bring these wild connections that are so grounded. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's different. So um, anywho, all right. So tangent back to, back to podcast, 
Rebecca, if you can, um, just, just tell me all about yourself and tell everybody who's listening, like your history, how you got into education, the boss ass bitch that you are, the humble fucking goddess that you are. Just tell us a little bit about you and your journey. Thank you. First of all, thank you. I have worked so actively hard on receiving compliments and not telling you how you're wrong or whatever, minimizing it. So thank you. And I'm getting better at it, which is good, which tells me I'm working really hard on my like self-worth shit. So anyhow, I feel like a burp is about to happen. So let it come out. It's okay. It, you know what? You on YouTube might see it in my face. You guys who are hearing it are going to just for real hear it because the audio is probably snatched. But anyway, I've been doing hair for, oh gosh, 20 years. Um, If we're talking about my journey, I'm sure that's the common thread here. Um, I'll just talk about how I started in the end. Is that what you're wanting to hear? Because Yeah, uh, whatever you want to share. Just because if people don't know your story, I mean, I, I feel like everybody does, but there's so many people in and out of the industry. So just your whole story well I'll keep it because we're already talking about this we've already gone deep I feel like so I'll I'll kind of, real quick I know I know that's why we're all connected the way we are it's like like people tend to flock to like people but um I will uh intertwine through certain parts that are a little deeper than just you know like I don't know like somebody else asking me just exactly so I went to hair school when I was 24 I'm 40 I'll be 43 now so it's been just about I mean it's right at 20 years but when I went to hair school it was not because I just this was gonna be I don't know why I went honestly I had a Pell Grant um that was running out and I didn't think I had the intelligence or aptitude and and how messed up is that that I thought that that's the route to go at that time I just thought it was quick it'd be fun and that is I'm it's kind of weird and sad to uh, admit that was my mindset that long ago but I'm like this is gonna be fast money um I don't know I was kind of like easy it's easy like hairdressers aren't that smart I don't need to be intelligent and then yeah. you're like wait, wait, wait. so there was there was that piece to it but also I've been doing like my own hair and my friend's hair and everybody around me is hair since I was like 13 14 15 getting manic panic cutting hair just whatever I and I always loved the transformative power of hair I guess makeup hair fashion like our our image and what it can do for someone's self-esteem. So there was that. So it wasn't completely shallow, like fast money, I'm dumb, blah, blah, blah. But you know, there was a part and a piece to that because this is where I'm going to go a little deep. My upbringing, single mom, didn't know my dad, homelessness, um, abuse, a lot of stuff I was running from. So I think it even that time, I was married at that time, but it was very tumultuous. And so I was like, this is my way out. This is my way out of my current situation, my current life, my past, my trauma. I don't know why, but it was like a last ditch um, effort for me to make something of myself because the Pell Grant was running out and, and I didn't have financial means to do this. So I was like, this is it. And so, um, so there, you know, it's a little, it's a little more, more nuanced than the first shit I mentioned, you know, I just, that was how I started my journey when I actually um, started school and, you know, we got the mannequin heads and we're getting into the curriculum. I'm like, oh, my God, like it's not I mean, this is hard. First of all, it is hard. It is not easy. I don't know what I thought. We I think a lot of people and unfortunately, it's the outsiders from the industry think that you don't yeah. have to be intelligent. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. I got it every day. 
right? <laughs> I got to do it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is really involved. Biology, trichology, what the fuck? All the ologies. And I'm so glad that's why you do what you do because um, you you kind of are thrown to the wolves if you don't have like, yeah, sure, you have the curriculum, but if your instructor doesn't emphasize that you learn that, you're out of hair school green and not knowing shit. So it's so good that you offer that education. Yeah. Um, but I dove in. My instructors were like, why are you coming in early? Why are you bringing in models? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? I mean, I felt like my way out became something I was like driven as shit and I was really good at it. And I'm like, oh my God, first time in my life, a purpose. First time ever, a purpose. Yeah, it was pretty, oh, oh, it's here. No kidding. No, I, was, I have goosebumps. Oh my God. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So then when I got out of hair school, I told myself like, and then the MySpace was happening. So it's like starting to put pictures of my hair, like looking for clients, like started marketing myself using MySpace when people were using it for not that you know but I was like I see and like pictures of their dog and you're over there trying to find models and then you yeah. create a group too right Hef? oh yeah that was after that was like I think god I don't even know like 10 12 years old Hef is now more than that maybe but then um MySpace went to Facebook and then Facebook you could do videos and you could like post more and do more and I'm like okay let's ramp this up um and then started hairstylist education forum it oh, that was Facebook yeah, it was Facebook. Um, it's still old school. I mean, it's still been a, it was a long time ago, but then I just, as I moved on with my career, I, um, I mean, I started a Regis, so it was like humble beginnings, but that taught me to take everybody. I, I had no choice. You know what I mean? So everybody that walked in, I learned everything. And I feel like that helped me, you know, knowing what I know now, I'm like, I, I'm kind of glad that I got that type of education. I never assisted anybody. It was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of like try, trying to my best to communicate with the clients. So I, I could like pull out all the stops to give them what they wanted since I was new and I didn't want to make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then from there, I became an educator uh, two years, not even, I was like a year and a half out of hair school. I applied to be an educator in, for Joico. They flew me somewhere to audition, such imposter syndrome, like, but I did it anyway. I was like, oh, I mean, I don't think it was just imposter syndrome. It was facts. I'm a year and a half out. And now I want to be an educator. Like, bitch, what are you doing? No, so, good for fucking you. Yes. Well, I don't, I looking back, I'm like, okay, this is where it gets also deep as well. Like hindsight, we were talking about this before hindsight's 2020. And I mean, I'm just going through the motions, going through the motions. This was my survival. This was like, if I didn't make it in this career and get out of my situation, I think at that time I was going through my divorce. It was really messy, gnarly. I was drinking a lot. I threw my everything into work and I'm like, this will change my life. But also I wasn't working on my shit, like stuff started. And this was the onset of it. This was, I got so much worse, but, um, this was like dealing with the divorce, drinking all the time, but like, Oh, we won't deal with that. Let's just, yeah, I'm going to be an educator and fly all over the place because yep. happened and I know my shit, of course, yeah, really oh, yeah. running from. Yes, ma'am. And so I think then my addiction to work started in addition to like all kinds of other stuff. Um, it was yeah hindsight's 2020 but then I kept going kept going seeing success getting validation social media became larger Instagram validation followers love from other people but not myself still not working on trauma success validation success I'm like oh my fucking god it was what I wanted with this career but still I never worked on myself like 
that point, you don't need to work on your traumas. You're like, everybody loves me. I'm making bank. I'm traveling. My life is fucking good. Who cares yeah. about the abuse? That does not phase me. <laughs> that is exactly what I was doing. I was like, this is all I've ever wanted. Love from somebody, a bunch of somebodies. Um, you know, just, it was all external, all of it. And meanwhile, got into another relationship, was abusive, was left and right, getting um, arrested for domestic violence. Nobody knew this shit. No one knew this other side of me. Um, kind, I'm, I'm just being very vulnerable with all this. Some of this shit, I don't even know if I've mentioned, but, you know, like stuffing down, stuffing down the abuse that was currently happening more and more and more and more, um, started doing like opiates and, you know, pain pills. It started from a car wreck and an injury. I got some Laura tabs. I'm like, this ain't, this is working, but it ain't working anymore. Let me go stronger. So two years of that, I got off of that myself, but it was just, I was just anesthetizing everything with work, substances, um, I'd smoked for 30 years. So just any unhealthy coping mechanism, overeating, you know, you name it, <laughs> I was doing it, but I was successful. So mm -hmm. let me keep going. Let me keep going, you know? Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about more like pragmatic, you know, good stuff too, <laughs> at a certain it point. It's all good stuff though, because like, I think one of the most important things as, as the evolution of us is to be able to look back in hindsight and see the truth of what was going on because once you see that truth of it and like I was dealing unhealthy coping mechanisms I was avoiding I was running then there's awareness right there's that light bulb that that flashlight of awareness on it so now that you have that awareness moving forward you extract from that hindsight and apply to current situation so in a massive way in a I mean in a life-changing you know existential way like like, I'm so grateful it all happened. I know that sounds whack as shit, but all the bad things, all the abuse. And I know some people are like, everything happens for you. It does because it br it brought me to where I am now and like how I value, like even the little things, even the most mundane shit, you know, like has taught me to be pretty flower. Every, anything. Flower. Because like, yeah, but because when you're just moving at such a, a pace where it's just like on to the next thing, on to the next thing, never deal with your shit. I mean, you're, you have no, idea. I, I'll speak for myself and probably a lot of individuals. What is it like to be present? What is it like to have a hundred percent clarity and be present in the moment? Because it's kind of too painful, you know? Well, we were, Dawn and I were talking about that yesterday. So I want to bring up two points. Um, one, when you're talking about, you're grateful for all of it. I remember I was having a conversation with a friend and I think I've shared this before. Maybe I haven't. Uh, my mom passed away when I was eight. And she died in front of me. We were walking and she literally dropped, seized, died. And it took years. And there's still trauma from that that like comes up with certain situations. But I remember having a conversation with one of my friends. And I said, I'm so grateful for that moment that I experienced that as painful as it was. I'm grateful for it. And this person looked at me like I was from Mars. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, no. I am because had that, had I not experienced that, it would never have put me on the journey to do work on myself, to discover all of these things. I would have just been like everybody else. And so I, I hear you when you say that, I see you when you say that, and it's not from a place of avoidance. It's truly from a place of like, I see how that happened for me. And I you make peace. You're making peace with that traumatic Thing that happened because of where you have moved on to you know what I mean like I don't think people that are healing and that are like in their 
evolutionary process. Um, yeah, no, I think you're resentful. You're in victim mode. You're yeah. like, yeah, why did life happen to me this way? Why did it have to be that way? So if you can look back and be like, I'm grateful for the experience as gnarly as it was because of where I am now, I think that's like in a really evolved state of like moving through life and moving through trauma. Honestly, yeah. so when you said that, I was like, dude, I, but I remember somebody looking at me like I was that shit crazy. And I was like, I hope one day you can understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I wish that it happened. I'm not saying that I'm like, yay, I watch, my, but like gratitude for this journey of the ups and downs. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up is talking about being present. Don and I were talking about that yesterday, how difficult it is to be able to be present in the moment, especially if we're control freaks, or if we, you know, we have the box of everything I know and being present, you don't know what's going to happen. But I think the value or, or the important thing, if practicing presence really comes down to surrendering to the moment and trusting that you can handle, I'm secure in myself. I'm safe with myself that I can handle whatever comes up in that moment. That's the only way I think to be able to truly surrender is I have to trust myself to handle because if not then I'm going to go to past and project on the moment or I'm going to go to future and forecast anxiety and all of that I'm not here now yeah and it takes some doing some initial work period for you to even be able to trust yourself it has to take evidence that if you sit in the moment you'll be safe but if you've never experienced safety from really dealing with your shit that first beginning part of your healing process is so scary I will tell you now I'll be honest I'm there now like I'm in the process of learning to trust myself right like I thought I did and in certain situations like in the salon Mm -hmm. I'm fully present with my client because I understand I'm grounded I know that whatever color correction I create or comes in I can handle like I practice it there but in my personal life it is a practice that I'm doing right now and so it is hard of like I have to trust myself And then when I do it successfully and I get through a moment of feeling and I get past that, I was like, oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so then I get to practice more. Like, you know, you're, you're being very transparent of like, you're currently going through it. And we skip forward from what I was telling you to where we are now, but this is pertinent to what we're talking about. I'm three years sober, almost, almost three is December 2nd. It'll be three years. Um, I didn't. I haven't been able to experience full safety in my body with myself with hundred percent clarity, nothing mind altering and, and like figure out my identity even for the first time in my life and all of that. And so probably like two and a half years into my sobriety. So nothing prior to that. I thought I knew who I was. I thought I was moving through life in a good way, but I was like, like I said, always anesthetizing with this, that, and the other food, work, substances, whatever it was, you know? Um, and then not for me, this is my own experience, but I fully, and I'm talking a whole two plus years of sobriety, even before <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm good in my own skin. I'm good. Um, with whatever happens, I'm good. Like, I, I don't know, like it's only, it's been pretty profound the last six months, but it, it takes what it takes. And sometimes it takes a long damn time. I don't know why I thought just getting sober would be this miraculous, um, no, it was very scary, very hard, um, unearthing every gnarly thing that I'd ever gone through, you know, cause my overeating started at 
six years old. So I was already starting to numb out bad feelings and bad situations that early. So when you go back that far and you have something years of that coping mechanism, it's, Uh it doesn't change. But like getting sober is the catalyst. Oh, well, no, no, no. (laughs) I'll tell you what the catalyst was before that. It was like a series of them. It was hitting a, an emotional mental rock bottom. And that was during the pandemic when work got taken away. That was one of my biggest. Because you had just opened a salon. Oh yeah. (laughs) Put a lot, a lot of money, several, 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 several hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's a lot Two $200,000 savings, no investors, um, no credit, just from savings. And every month we were open, it was, um, it was the end of 2019. So if that tells you, it wasn't very long. Um, so it was every month that we were open, which seven months of lockdown where we couldn't be open, it was about 10 to $12,000 more gone, more gone, more gone. And I'm, I'm losing it. I'm emotionally losing it. I had taken Xanax for my anxiety, which had reached an all time high, but then it was obviously, I mean, if it's going to end me up in treatment, it was obviously not as prescribed. So I was taking some two, started with like two bars a day, three, four, showing up, doing what I'm doing online, thinking I'm totally fine. But I go back and look at pictures and videos. I look like an emaciated shell of a human. My eyes were just dead and gone. But that's a drug that will quickly get out of control. For I mean, it does for a lot of people. I've read books. I've talked to doctors. Um and it really just depletes you mentally and physically. So still well, um, what it's supposed to do. It anesthetizes you. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, as prescribed, but if okay, you go over the edge, yeah. Yeah. And then, so I knew like I was having people tell me like, we're concerned. Um, and I am such a control freak that not many people told me that I had two close people in my life that weren't scared that they'd get my wrath because I'm like, who the fuck are you telling me that I need to do? And it wasn't like an intervention or anything. It was my partner and it was my best friend. They're like, I'm a little concerned. It took two days after that for me to, I don't even remember researching a treatment center, but I researched one thinking it was just going to be 30 days of doing some yoga. I don't know what I thought, but I also knew that I was physically dependent on this medication now because I, uh, anytime I tried to reduce how much I was taking or stop, like one time I had a seizure in my closet, like it was scary. And apparently, I mean, I know now what I know, you can't just stop that drug cold turkey. So, yeah, so I'll get to the point real quick. So my catalyst wasn't, um, well, I don't even remember what the first thing, getting sober. I didn't even know that's what I was doing. (laughs) I honestly went to treatment to think, let me get off of this. I'll just go right back to my life of like, if I want to drink, I'll get a drink. If I want to smoke some weed, I'll smoke some weed. But when I went there, I learned um, substances have always been an issue for me. And it's the underlying cause that makes you want to anesthetize. It's the root, the trauma. It is the eating. It is the smoking. It is the drinking. It is the drug. So I can't like, I couldn't do any drug is what I realized. I couldn't do any of it. So then I didn't even know I was going to get sober in the way that I did now. And um, so that was a catalyst to that. And then my life's totally changed because of therapy and dealing with my underlying issues. Told you I'd get to the point. It was a long one, but I get to the point. That was, yeah. It's heavy. Um, People are like, aren't we supposed, aren't we learning about like chemistry or what the fuck is this about? No, no, no. There's a, there's a different, a different theme um, with the podcast. And while I will still continue to share science and chemistry and all of the things, my goal is to be a, a holistically yes I love it 
wealthy person. So wealthy with knowledge, wealthy with experience, wealthy in finances. Um, and so I think the podcast is a reflection of what I'm experiencing in my life. And there's a lot of growth, um, a lot of roller coaster happening, but a lot of beautiful growth. And so I will still talk about science and chemistry because that's my fucking jam, but also understanding healing and being soulful after being just go, go, go workaholic, anesthetizing, numbing, all of that will get you to what got me to a place where everything kind of fell the pillars, right? What I thought were my, my structure crumbled. Um, and I was left to really just kind of assess what the fuck. And so, um, meeting and connecting with people and having these kinds of conversations benefit me. And if a podcast is a reflection of what I'm experiencing, then that means whoever is listening, this is going to benefit you. And so if it doesn't, it's okay. Come back next week and maybe we'll talk about something else. But this is something that I'm passionate about. And it all ties in because success isn't just like Rebecca was saying earlier. It's not just the Instagram fame or the money that you make or the clout that you have or the shows that you teach or whatever. It's you being good. You got to be good in order to sustain and and surpass what you think success looks like. Because maybe there was a time, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just guessing here. Maybe there was a time that you were making stupid amounts of money, but you weren't happy. Oh. And now maybe it's, you're so happy and maybe the money's not there, but you'll take this happiness and groundedness over the money, but being like hating yourself, right? Like those are a hundred percent you couldn't be more spot on before you even said that I was going to because what you were talking about say exactly that there were times in connected, my life, girl. <laughs> stay connected but like there I mean I was making so much money like like stupid stupid money and traveling all the time like I think one year I went to 16 countries in a year just like bananas but like had never been more mentally just it was feeling filling this like void that was bottomless I'm like oh if I go here if I get this money if I do this and I was pretty distraught by that because this was what the younger me always wanted this was what the younger me always worked for but the younger me and as I came up never took care of myself and stuff that happened before and like I said the new stuff that I was piling on so sure I was hustling fully subscribed to the hustle culture had my entire career but I was so just like broken and empty and none of it mattered none of it mattered and so and you're right right now I don't make mirrors what I did um and I'm fine with that and I've had to sit through periods of just complete transition like letting go and grieving the loss of that identity and that life and that career and sitting in the shit and rebuilding my self-worth from the inside instead of outside and knowing it's not about money. It's not about somebody else's validation or opinion. It's not followers. It's not where I'm going, how I'm moving and shaking, what, you know, fucking bill I'm on saying I'm an educator. None of that shit matters. And so since I sat in a period of that, and I also did not work with any brands for like two years, had opportunities, but I'm like, no. So that meant, you know, no month, not as much money built. Like when you work with a brand, you're getting a paycheck. You're getting a hundred percent. So it's guaranteed. And you yeah. that, it's all on you. It's literally all on you. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how I started and that's how a lot of people do and start and are now, but it was very humbling. Um, it was a complete ego death. It was incredibly hum humbling, but like, that's what I'm saying, like learning to appreciate the small things, maybe for the first time ever. So now that I'm, I'm primed to, to start my career, like back in a new way. And I've been doing that, like working with brands, educating, coaching, and I've been doing all that for the last like year, not the brand thing. That's just something that's on the horizon. But it's so cool now that I have the foundation of like being able to take it slow and care for myself. And we were talking about this early, like daily, daily practices for my mental health and self-care. And it's not like I thought before, taking a bath, getting my pedicure. That's cool, but it ain't. It's fucking so it's, it's the digging. Mm -hmm. Digging. It's yes, the bath. Amazing. Put on some relaxing music, light some incense. That's great. But it's the digging, it's the awareness, it's the shadow work, it's the acknowledging, like I started this episode saying I'm proud of myself. Never, ever, ever do I ever fucking say that. My internal voice is always like, you're a piece of shit. Like you could do more, you could do better. It's that bottomless pit, right? And so doing the work of just like, hold on, let me just acknowledge that I have made progress, that I am proud of myself. That's the work. It's the journey. It's the, why did I have that reaction? It's the, like, can we talk about the guilt that, you know, when you were at that moment where I've experienced too, where I'm making more money than I've ever made, but I like, and younger me is like, oh my God, you're living the dream, but I feel bottomless. Mm -hmm. It's, it's insatiable, insatiable. Mm -hmm. Um, the guilt that comes with that, because it's like, I should be so happy. Like I'm living my dream, but I'm still not satisfied. Right. And the reason I'm still not satisfied is because there's little me that still needs some work. There was little you abused you, homeless you, all of those pieces that needed love. And so I think now what I see, and like I said, in just following your journey and getting to know you more in the last couple months, like you had the the fame and success, but the not happiness. You have the happiness, you have the fame and success. And now it's like all of that is gonna come together. And what that's going to look like for you, oh my God, it's going to be like your old stuff that's going to shit on that, right? Because you're- I feel, I feel like that, what you said. It's like survival, cool shit, sure. Surviving though, me like mentally and physically and everything. My nervous system was just in survival mode. I was getting shit done, doing the damn thing. Survival versus now I'm going to be some thriving ass bitch fucking energy like it's gonna be so like it's already happening it and is already happening like I, you see it in your face you see it in your eyes I feel it in when you speak and being around you it's just this space that I feel for you from you uh of just pure love and contribution hmm. that's Thank how I, I do you know it. how many like how many journal entries and oracle card pools and everything has to do Ooh, I'm a cry. Which is like leading with love versus fear. That's changed my whole fucking outlook. Like with work, with the people I interact with, with the relationships, with myself. First with myself, like love, whatever's going to happen, whatever versus fearing. Like, you know, it's huge. Like it's huge. Thanks. So for you to say love is like what I'm emanating. It's like all the fucking work is paying off. I'm crying. <laughs> For validation. It's and not even validation in a yeah. level, but it's confirmation because yeah. 
what you're putting out, I received. You've never shared that with me, but I feel it from you. I see in how you've interacted with people and people who are of your stature. And I know people don't like to hear that, but like you have made a name for yourself in this industry. I'm not going to discount and I'm not going to discredit that. Right. And so there are other people who have a similar, you know, in that space who do not operate from love, who operate from better than, and you're, I watch you, I see you, you're interacting, you're communicating, you care. It's not the Rebecca Taylor show. It's the let me serve show. And it's beautiful to witness because that's my goal, right? Like the reason I got into education was because I had been in classes, in workshops, in events where whoever was on stage was so much better than, and it wasn't even my projection. I, I like, I saw it. The you know, person, that if you're around that presence and that energy, you feel it. You can't you help it. to. Like, you know, I was working with somebody, they had three models for this show. I was assisting, they had three models, didn't care to learn the models' names. Uh -huh. Three girls, Russian, come here. Like, what? Oh my God. And I was like, where is the humanity here? Like, these are, you can learn this person's fucking name. You are not better than, and so like that just affirmed when I got into education um, that it is all about contribution um, to take, and that's my motto, right? I take my learnings and share them, everything that I have learned to share and what resonates, resonates, what doesn't, doesn't. But I love what you said, leading from a place of love versus fear. So my goal has always been to lead from love, but it was never like, you just gave me a light bulb moment. I didn't finish the sentence, yeah. right? Like my goal was I choose love, but over what? And so identifying that it's love over fear. Like it's one or the other. It's one or the other with anything. It's it's like the fear. I identify what the other is. It's yeah. like it's an awful moment for me because like with what I'm, there's some personal stuff going on. I don't want to put my business out there. But in this situation, I have spoken and said, I will choose love. I will choose love. I will choose love. I will choose love. And I didn't identify what I was choosing love over. And it was, I was choosing love over resentment love over I just realized that now and so it just put so much into perspective because I say I choose love but I have to remember that I'm choosing it over resentment so now when resentment comes up and I identify that oh I'm feeling resentment it's my trigger to choose love instead of blindly I choose love mm -hmm. like so that thank you for that because that just gave me huge awareness um and then I will take what you shared and apply it for myself to choose love over fear. Cause I live in a constant state of fear. Like it is so rampant and it has been rampant and all of the successes, everything that I've achieved in my life has been out of fear and, and, and lack and not surrender and love. So like, that's where I'm at right now. Just being fully transparent. God damn it. You create the space of transparency and vulnerability, Rebecca. <laughs> you come to and you're like, what did I just say? But that's okay. Because yeah. I feel like I'm in a safe space too. And your listeners. And I mean, at this point, there's very little that I haven't put out there about my journey in my life. And especially just now on your podcast, I think I added some shit that I've never told anybody before, but I mean, that's the, I think that's the love over fear. Me sharing any of this is, um, you know, I feel like I don't, as the connection, which is love over like, what are people going to think? What, what, what would anybody possibly think could they do to me if I've shared something vulnerable at this point? I'm not in fear of that. I'm just, I know what I want to say and the things that I want to do are based on love and come from a place of 
connectivity and love like so whatever <laughs> I'm an open book at this point I'm well, a it's, it's, book. That, it's like Brene Brown's whole motto in her book, her. daring greatly and vulnerability and the man in the arena that Roosevelt quote like it's so true so if I and you and whoever shares the authenticity and the vulnerability and the rawness and the humanness versus you know what educators were in the past of just like I got my shit together like that didn't work that didn't change the industry in a positive direction and so if there's judgment from anybody for my authenticity my vulnerability my willingness to share all of my shit like I'm not going to just share all my good because that's not going to serve anybody it's only going to fuel my ego which is not going to help me right and so if there's any judgment then then just fuck off you know like go somewhere else go to the people who want that I don't want that and and it is a safe space always um and yeah you th- that's the oh god that vulnerability it's so scary to be vulnerable yeah that fear of judgment but it's really like I think she's onto something Brene Brown like it's it's the key she's been onto something I want going back 10 years ago and reading her book um the gift of imperfections it's my new bible now along with two other ones I'll send you this uh author named Panache Desai like you are enough as one book and then talking about your soul's purpose which is fucking amazing but Brene Brown is I mean her studies and vulnerability and like shame like perfectionism I've labeled myself a perfectionist forever and that comes from little like shit that I was trying to I don't know little me shit where I'm like if I do this then this will happen so but if I don't do this I you know I won't be accepted or loved or whatever so that's carried with me to in my 40s so um I've and it this ruffled my feathers when I read that she said perfectionism is just it's shame it's fear of shame it's shame 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 and so I was like oh god that resonates real that went viral recently when she was talking about that and I was like it is all based in shame. All of it, which is fear. It's all, you know what I mean? All so the same little bubble. It really is. And, and it all comes down to self-worth. That's the root of all of these things. If you think of all these little spider legs off of it, it's how, like, do you love yourself at your core? How do you talk to yourself? Do you love yourself? Like, what's your self-worth like? And then that shit won't be an issue. All the stuff that comes off it, like shame, perfectionism, fear, guilt, resentment, all of that is because there's an issue with your underlying worth for yourself and your love for yourself. So I've been doubling down, listening to every fucking book I can think of, pausing when I need to, because I'm like, my brain sometimes just hurts. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm talk about another good. feeling. Yeah. To let it also, like there was a, a day a couple months ago where I pulled cards every hour. I was literally shuffling and pulling and shuffling and pulling. And there was something in my head that was like, bitch, stop. Let it fucking resonate. Because I was avoiding. (laughs) It was avoidance at its finest. I'm like, no, I need a message. I need it because I thought I was losing my shit. And then it's like, no, I also need to take that space to let it do its thing. Let my subconscious marinate in what I just listened to, what I just read. Let me like journal on it so now I'll pull a card and I journal on the card and that's it it's for the day that's it right that's it you and I were talking about this like um being an addictive personality type she and I for sure are I'll speak for us because we both like I know it and she confirmed it but then we started getting on 
on the healing you too so so we can all relate we started getting addicted to healing so then it's counterproductive it's not working it's not resonating you're not intentional so like i was i started catching myself do that and so i sure i have my daily practices but um I'm like, if I'm chasing the dragon of bliss or whatever the hell good thing happened in my healing journey, I'm like, that ain't it. Like I need to sit and feel and, um, yeah. listen, Yeah. All of it. Yeah. I definitely have the addictive personality, which I'll be fully transparent. I've never done any kind of drugs because I know that about myself. Um, I smoked weed, um, but I know that about myself. I've had food addiction. I'm definitely addicted to nicotine. I'm definitely addicted to dopamine highs. Um, and so you're right. There's this, this addiction that can come from healing because it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not shamed upon. It's like, oh my God, you're doing the work, but it's like, I'm not, I was. Yeah. there are times where I'm not like I'm overdoing it instead of actually just like sitting with, that's why when I cried with Dawn this morning, like I, I, I cried, I cried, I let it happen. And then I moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been feeling a cry coming up just like I've caught the news a couple of times and I had to like limit myself, but this morning I caught it and there's some heavy shit going on. There's been heavy shit. So I feel like the last couple of days I felt sadness. So when I cried before, it was probably not even that it was probably just some underlying thing I need to get out. So when I feel that I'm not ashamed of my emotions anymore. I like a lot myself time to do that. It wouldn't be typically on your podcast that I ball, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, right now I saw you kind of, <laughs> I know because it's underlying. And now before I would just stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. Like it's not all right to feel it's never a good time. I'm doing someone's hair later, blah, blah, blah. But like, I will now in my life, like, and this, it builds up in so many different ways. It builds up with like, you know, your client said something fucked up to you or you did hair bad. Now you're internalizing like how you're a shithead or whatever. So it just builds up in different ways. So it's societal stuff, you know, civil unrest, horrible things going on in the world. Then your client said something. Then this happened. Then somebody at the bank. Yeah. So later, I already know this because of my schedule. I'm going to schedule like for myself, a breathwork sesh. I like usually just listen to something guided and I will ball my face out. I will just off whatever. I will ball my ass off. There we go. And just let it all out. And like my, my nervous system can't hold on to stuff anymore. Now that I know what I know, I can't unknow it. So, because you know that when you don't release it, like I know this, like every morning I feel called to just stretch. Right. Yeah. And I just put some music on and I just stretch my body. And when I don't, I feel very stiff. So my, when I stretch and I do all of that practice, it is a release mm-hmm. it has to come out or it comes out in tears or it comes out in laughter. But like you said, now, you know what, you know, if you don't let it out, it will cause dis-ease. Like that's the root of dis-ease. It's, it's trapped shit that we're stuffing and this is not where I thought this podcast was gonna go but I'm so- I did I did I just did for some reason because of our conversation beforehand and you were like you texted me you're like oh we're gonna talk about independent education and your coaching and da, 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 da. I'm like cool story bro but I know some other shit's gonna come out and it's gonna be uh what it's gonna be oh god I am yeah I'm very much on this journey for for real um but all of it does tie into independent education. It does tie into the industry. Nice segue. <laughs> it does. It all ties in because it goes back to what I was saying earlier about being just holistically wealthy in all areas. Um, 
And so I think, I, I don't think, I know that I appreciate you sharing your vulnerability, you sharing your story. Um, I think the more of us in, especially in our industry, but just across the fucking collective, if we tap, tap into, step into fully expressing, it encourages other people to do the same. And that's where like collectively shift can happen you know, when we're talking about all this civil unrest, all of the the yuck, like it can shift, it can change. And that happens one by one, right? Like there's that starfish. Have you ever heard the starfish story about the kid on the beach? No. Enlighten me. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but I will share what I remember. Um, so it's a story about uh, this kid is on a beach and there's all these starfish that washed up into the the, the beach and the waves weren't coming and getting them. There was hundreds of starfish. And there was this little boy who's taking them one by one and putting them in the ocean, one by one, putting them in the ocean. And um, this old man walks up to the kid and says, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm starfish. I'm saving, I'm saving the starfish. They're going to die. And he goes, the old man goes, well, there's hundreds of them. You can't possibly save all of them. And he goes, but I can save this one. And he puts it in. And I can save this one. And he puts it in. And so... I think by each person standing up and standing in their vulnerability and their truth and expressing their journey one by one, it will eventually everybody will. Does that make sense? Like it does. It does. And if I'm not talking to, I mean, when I share my story and with what you share in your podcast, I don't know about you, but I, you probably don't want to appeal to the masses and the mainstream, whoever needs to hear your message will hear it and it'll resonate and it'll impact. Like when I coach people or even my education, any of it, literally anything I use my voice for now, um, the right people will resonate. And I'm not worried about the people that think I'm crazy or loud or I'm sharing too much or I'm broken, whatever possible negative, um, perception that some I'm not here for them so like what really them and they're projecting their shit on you anyway so it's like that's here's the mirror baby like take a look it's you um but yeah you're right it is it is to the I always say your people will find you my people will find me so just to like end this even though I wanted to maybe we'll do a part two on independent oh my god that was quick that was a quick hour yeah um I want to I want to bring you back if you are open to that um Awesome. And I do want to talk about a little bit more about independent education, but I, I I want to end this with what we were talking about, like when your people will find you, your community, your soul family, your just the people that you fucking vibe with. So when if you are going and considering, you know, getting into the education field, just know that like even with your clients, worry about who is in your sphere of influence. It's not about the masses. You don't want all of the clients. You don't want all of the students. You don't want all of the companies to work with. You don't like there's there's a beauty in finding who resonates with you and then having relation with those people. Because when there isn't the resonation and you're just doing it out of fear or force or like I have to work with this brand because there's no other option. Or I have to work with this educator because like when it's forced, it doesn't flow and you don't you don't get to extract what you need from it because it's forced. So there's a beauty in surrender of what's meant for me is going to find me who I'm meant for. I they're, they're going to find me. 
And you're also, you're not being your authentic self if you're trying to shift and mold yourself to appeal to everyone. It feels so much better as an educator, as a stylist behind the chair, as a speaker, as a coach, if you just know what you know and that feels good and authentic and you share that, then it just feels good for you as the creator. Like for you as the person making the thing and sharing the thing, if you don't worry about like having to appeal to every single person, the judgment will be less, the fear will be less, the perfectionism will be less, you know, your aversion to showing up and sharing what you've got, all of that will be reduced if you just stand and you're like 100% authenticity and whatever it is you know and you're good at and you have to share, that is what it is. So just now the next part is like open your mouth and letting it out. It so it's a whole other thing. I think a part two would be very appropriate. <laughs> it's it's about being in full um, integrity. And I'll share a quick story. When I started taking on teaching science and chemistry, this was like 10 years ago. And then I brought it back again, six years ago. And four years ago, I signed up for a, a coaching course thing on, you know, how to be a better public speaker and how to package and, and present what you're Anyways, long story short, the person who was facilitating this course, I had a coaching session with and I was explaining to this person, you know, I teach science and I teach chemistry and I make it fun and but people don't know that they need it. And straight up, he told me, he's like, you need to find another niche. If you're trying to make a lot of money, like you're pushing a snowball uphill, you're trying to sell something to people who don't want it. And I looked at him, I said, thank you very much for that. And I hung up and I was like, fuck you. This is where I know I'm supposed to be. And I could have, I mean, and he's right. Maybe if I had done a six figure stylist course, I probably would have made so much money. And, but, but like that it's wasn't a dozen though. If I'm being honest, that shit's a dime a dozen and that's not authentic to you. And like, he's wrong. He's not right. Well, he's... I, I agreed with that. But like, I could have in that moment been like, oh my God, I need to change everything. And I did think about it for like a minute. It's mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? I am selling something and I'm teaching something and I'm providing something people don't want but I had to go back to know it's my calling. This is where I excel. I know it. It resonates how I teach it. I have to stand by that. And I see now, you know, more and more people are open to it. And I'm like, I'm so glad I did not listen to that motherfucker because he doesn't know me. He's looking at big picture, right? On you want to make money. It's not about making money. It's about me being in integrity and my people finding me. Exactly. And then what we said originally about like, okay, you change your niche you do something that's not authentic. It feels really gross. Yeah. You get the money because you're appealing to people that will whatever, like more money, but then you get the money and you get that success, but you feel empty because you didn't listen to what you you're calling your purpose. So it all just goes back to that originally. Love over fear. Mm -hmm. Love for yourself, integrity for yourself over the fear of they're not going to like it. It's not going to appeal to a lot of people. People are going to judge me. I've been judged. Oh my God. All day. You have to all day. Oh, well. Yep. I'm in the arena. So we're fa- our faces are going to get dirty. But yeah, read the Roosevelt <laughs> quote, guys. Read that Roosevelt quote. Um, Rebecca, I want you to send me those books. Uh, yeah. But I am going to close it out because we are just uh, looping in on about an hour. I feel like I could talk to you for ever. I will see you on Monday. So I know. I'm excited. We continued. Um, I just, I want to take just a second to acknowledge and just give you appreciation and love for taking the time out, um, not only to come onto this podcast, but to really contribute um, to this industry, you've given and given when you didn't have anything to give. Um, and like I said, I've, I've seen all of the past, I don't know, 12 years. And even when you were bottomless, and even when you still 
you still operated in love. Like that's how it was received. It didn't seem like, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> it didn't, I didn't perceive it as ego in any way. Like I always saw you as somebody who cared and who was compassionate and who was really incredibly talented. Um, and so it's interesting because, you know, there's two roads that you could hit right now, right? After being in this industry for so long, you could crash and burn or you could elevate. And it's just so exciting to see that you are elevating. And I cannot wait um, to see what you're going to create from this space, because from that empty bottomless space, what you created was pretty fucking cool, like as an observer. So to come whole, like, I, I'm just mind blown at you and your presence and your beauty and your love. And so I just want to say, I see you and thank you. I appreciate you. And I love you. I love you too. Thank you. I think I'm just the, maybe going to be the cockroach of the industry. I'm just going to be resilient. And I'm going to I love you then. Weathering all the storms. Is there something better than a cockroach? I don't know, but they, <laughs> they're built to last. I will say that. And so are you absolutely. So I wouldn't say you're a cockroach. I think you're just an eternally uh, beautiful light in this industry. So thank you to your parents for bringing you into this space. I love you. I love you too. Thank you, my friend. Bye everybody. Um, uh, I'll put, I'll put your handle and stuff on the, I, I haven't done a podcast in a month. I'm like, wait, how do I end it? I don't remember until next time guys. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Bye. Bye. Are we leaving?